All right. Well, welcome everybody to the first episode of the Field Notes podcast. The first. This is kind of crazy, Danielle. This is wild, Caleb. This is happening. Yeah. (laughs) We've been talking about this for several months, and Mm -hmm. uh, there were times where it did not seem that we would ever actually capture something. Very much not. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He has intervened on our behalf, and here we are. The spirit of follow through, you know, here we are. (laughs) Amen. Let it be. Well, if you listen to our intro trailer, uh, you know that the purpose of this podcast is to capture 10 to 15 minute testimonies mm-hmm. of ways that God's at work in workplaces uh, for people across the country and particularly targeted toward young adults, just yeah. like us, people in their 20s, early 30s uh, that are working in tons of different spheres. So that could be everything from government to the tech sector to coffee shops, you name it. We're hoping to find people that are working there and seeing God move. And we're really excited to bring some of these stories to you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Just some of the people and friends that we've talked to. I I mean, I, I never stop being amazed at the ways God is stepping in and intervening uh, in the middle of uh, what could often be seen as mundane work. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's going to be really fun. And we thought just to get things going, uh, it could be helpful to give everybody a little bit of context uh, for Danielle and I and uh, our own stories and particularly how God started to stir a passion for this issue of how do we see him intervene and us partner with him in our workplaces for the glory of God. So I thought maybe a good place to start would just be to ask you, Danielle, mm-hmm. uh, how did this start for you? How did God start to stir a passion for this inside of you? And how did it kind of lead to deciding to do this podcast? So I know in our trailer we said the miraculous and the mundane and I for sure have seen a lot of movement in the mundane and that's kind of where it all started for me I was working in the education system as a program coordinator uh, facilitating this uh, program called stars book clubs and the essence of this was uh, a volunteer would show up at a lunchtime and meet with three students who were struggling with their grade reading level and so they would take time read a book as well as kind of talk about their day so they're not only helping them academically but they're helping them socially and expressing their feelings it's almost like this beautiful thing of discipleship kind of and I would show up every day and see these kids and it was just really mundane you just show up do the work for this one hour time slot and go back home and I kept thinking to myself man god I know you want to move in this education system but I'm just showing up and doing this program and I don't really know what what is in it Mm -hmm. for you like how am I going to see you move Uh, But little did I know, just little by little, that 30 minutes that I see get a snapshot window into this kind of little mini discipleship uh, meeting time, I'd see these mentors and I'd see these kiddos come back and just be forever changed by this 30 minute time slot. And I'd get kids coming back to me saying, Miss Danny, Miss Danny, like I finished this book and I want to read another. And I had mentors coming to me crying because of the stories that they would hear about these kids in these homes, single parent homes, uh, and just seeing how they were getting a heart of compassion right. for, for the education system. And so for me, I was just like, man, I just get to show up at this school for an hour at a time frame to facilitate these, these meetings. But I'm getting God's heart for how he wants to really uh, infiltrate and really change how we see education and how we see mentorship. 
And so for me, I just started to think, God, with this little seed, you can totally do so much. And in this program, we had already seen so much fruit in it. Uh, Stars had been around for over seven years. They started with one school who was 17th out of 20th in Waco ISD school system. So their reading scores were way below average. And using this model over seven years, they bumped up to third in their district with grade reading levels. And so it already had a history of fruit that remains kind of and so I was stepping into this narrative and to be a part of that I said I just thought man there is a revival of the heart because you're seeing these kids and mentors uh, get a love for reading and a love for dreaming about what they could be like their mentors Mm -hmm. these kiddos Um, and to give them a hope in a future I think that was just something I loved partnering with this model of discipleship that God had but also the practicality of mentorship and and so that's how it kind of started for me where I could see man, I don't have to really separate the two, but these are integrated together of, man, how God can move through one little mundane, maybe showing up this 30 minutes to invest in a kid's life. So that's kind of how it started for me just through that program. And it's kind of catalyzed me to really believe that God can move in the littlest thing when we just give maybe 30 minutes or an hour or two. So it was the mundane for me that I saw God really move through, through it. So Come on. I love that. I, I love it because like uh, you, you described it so well, but it's like, man, I, I bet if you're a volunteer for that, there are weeks where you're wondering, is this really making a difference? Yes. You know, or like I, I've been doing this over and over again. And I'm sure some weeks feel glorious and mm-hmm. some weeks feel like if I could just get this kid to sit in one place, you know, Correct. for a couple yes. minutes in a row. So true. But, but the, the long game of the ministry of presence of being there mm-hmm. with people and the ways that God just starts to work on people's hearts. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. And stars is amazing because it's this really cool intersection of the local church with the school system, mm-hmm. with not just a single local church, but other churches getting pulled in across the city. And I, I love it. I mean, I, I think there are going to be books written about that oh, one day and the, the ways that it shaped and transformed people's lives. So that's, oh, yeah. that's so cool. Oh, yeah. And it's in a public school system. I yeah. think that's just a wild thing. You think it would be for these private schools or just the schools that have the most money. But no, it's the public school system yep. uh, that is really getting changed and transformed. So. For me, it was the mundane, but I know Caleb was a little bit different for you. Can mm-hmm. you bring us into when you started having these conversations or the genesis of your journey of, of seeking the Lord on this? Yeah, totally. So I, I'm sure there were several moments growing up where you know God started to serve some of this inside of me. But one thing, kind of a catalytic time in my life that I really point to is I went to Baylor University for undergrad, got a business degree had a plan for post-college, and then God interrupted that and called me to go out to northern Greece at the height of what was at the time the Syrian refugee crisis. So there were over a million refugees that had come into Europe. A lot of them came through uh, Athens and then up through northern Greece as well. And we had a team of about 20 of us that were working in a bunch of refugee camps uh, just outside of Thessaloniki up in the north. And uh, I mean, God did so many things during that time. And part of our work there was we had a, a very practical element that we were bringing of clothing distribution or you know food or English education programming. Uh, but then at the same time, we were believing for a move of God, a disciple-making, church-planning movement to come through uh, through the lives of these refugee communities that were there. And, uh, and so oftentimes we'd work in the mornings, and then in the afternoons, uh, when things were quiet down in the camp, we would just 
duck into tents and meet wow. people and hear family stories. And you realize really quickly that like another program is not going to meet mm -hmm. the kinds of needs and just deep pain that people are coming in with. And uh, I mean, I remember sitting in tents and people talking about uh, tragic things like an RPG coming and hitting a building and their whole family dying in a moment. Wow. And you see it in their face. You know, it's like, uh, what what hope do they have? Mm. And they're coming to a new location thinking that stuff's going to change. But like there's deep heart stuff that that needs real healing. And I remember we would just so often just pray for people because we were like, man, we just got to offer the hope that we have. And you'd see God start to work. And we saw people saved and healed. I, I remember in one camp, we saw so many healings take place that uh, one of the uh, one of the refugees at the camp came up to one of the people on our team and said, the doctors can leave because everybody that you guys pray for is getting healed. And no I mean, way. just wild, what? wild stuff. I mean, literally a, a revival broke out on. in this one month in this camp. So, so many wild things. And I remember... Uh, you know, coming back, praying about what do I, what do I do after this wild year? And uh, God had started to stir some things in me related to uh, his heart for reformation in cities, wow. in culture, uh, in different spheres of society. And I really felt like the Lord was, was kind of impressing on my heart. Like you don't know how to be a reformer mm -hmm. and you need to go learn. And so I went back to graduate school, uh, got a degree in public policy and I ended up in Washington, D.C., where I started jumping into the work world uh, to work on policy, like poverty and economic development issues. And uh, I remember a, a little bit of the whiplash of like, you know, being in a nine to five, nine to six job. And, you know, you go from living, feeling like you're living on mission 24 seven mm -hmm. to like, I am living at my desk, staring at my computer yeah. for eight hours a day. But like really feeling this conviction, I still feel it. It's like the same God who was present in refugee camps in the hardest and most broken places. I so believe that he's here in my office space, in my cubicle mm -hmm. with me, that he wants to touch people's hearts and bring transformation in life. Uh, so it's like the, the vision's there, but then there's a practical element of like living it out. and. Yes and really believing and trying stuff and failing and trying again and saying, mm -hmm. Lord, I, I believe you want to move in this workplace and what's the prayer strategy and what's the, how do I partner with you creatively at work and who are the people you want me to reach out to? And I feel like the last few years for me working full-time up here in DC has been just trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to like a, a little bit of success, I guess, and sometimes to great failure. <laughs> um, but, but I still just believe it that like God, the God of the universe is after people's hearts in any and every context that we're in yeah. and work matters to him. And so how do we partner with him? And I know for me, I just need a, the continual vision, like vision yes. leaks. I just need it dumped into me. Uh, and that's what I'm excited about for this podcast is to hear stories of ways that God's at work. So there's a little bit of my story. That's I feel beautiful. like I'm still in the journey of figuring it out, but God's been stirring this in me for, for a while. So beautiful. It's yeah. It sometimes feels like like how do you crack this code? You know, because yeah. I agree. It's like it's the same God, but it's like how do you translate and transition this into yeah. the nine to five? I I so understand that, and it's beautiful to even hear your story of being interrupted. And it mm. almost feels like this is a whole another holy interruption right. of man. How are we taking note of what He really wants to do yes. in this next season or this next move of God? Yes. No. Totally. And I know we were talking about this earlier. But 
I, you know, selfishly, I'm excited to do this because we just get to hear these epic stories of God at work. And I'm so eager for people to hear it because I'm like, man, I wish if I'd had a resource like this when I first stepped into the workplace, like, uh, like, man, just the, the, hopefully the faith that it would have stirred in me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know even being in our community, hearing these kind of things on a consistent basis, it, it gives me the, the refill, the vision tank to be like, all right, you know, I'm going to try again. God's, God's at work. Uh, so it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, so maybe that's a good transition to just our last question as we wrap up here. Mm-hmm. And Danielle would love to hear from you. Uh, I know that this, this, the vision for even this podcast specifically and capturing these stories is something that God's been stirring in you over the past several months. I've heard you describe it so many times to me. So can you just take us into that? Like what has God been stirring in you related to capturing these stories? Why do you think that's important? Yeah, well, it really all started with kind of uh, waking up from a dream or just a divine moment with God. And I woke up from this dream just repeating a phrase that kind of is similar to this. It says, you know, the Antioch movement, take note or, or write down the stories of God. The children receive the vision and the parents receive the inheritance. And just unpacking that a little bit more, I just felt this need to capture something or capture these stories or create this book of remembrance. And we see that all throughout the Bible. We see that there are moments in time where God moves and the people of God create a memorial or some, whether it's a keepsake or a or a book to remember how God had moved because we always see the people of God kind of get off on the wrong track and kind of go into a place of uh, not knowing where to go. But it's these moments or these uh, memorials of God that bring them back to who he is. And so I was thinking, man, for for our movement, for our community or our network of churches, how are we creating these memorial stones for God? Um, Because I'm even reminded of in Joshua when they're crossing over uh, the Jordan, they cross over and they create this like these rocks. They put 12 of them to remember the tribes, the tribes, but also remember you know for generations of old this is how god moved we crossed over uh the jordan sea how faithful he was and it was just this kind of signpost or this marker of god was with us and he will never leave us never forget that and so when i was thinking back and alluding back to that phrase of you know antioch movement write the stories of god the children receive the vision and the parents receive the inheritance i just remember like you know your dad or just few people just recalling these you know moments of faith or courage or even moments of grace uh and that stirred me to carry on the the vision at which this antioch movement was birthed from and it stirred me to go to the nations or it stirred me to like dive into the workplace and have vision for that and so i was just thinking man for for what is to come in the move of god i don't want the young people of this movement to forget anything i want them to have this signpost of man i remember when God was moving in Washington, D.C. I want to remember when he was moving in Seattle or New Orleans. And I I feel like this is just not only uh, a rally cry moment, but also just a place where young people of our movement can say, I wasn't alone when I was contending for the workplace. I wasn't alone when I was contending on the streets 
parts of, you know, Fullerton, California, you know, whatever that may look like. I think I want the young people of our movement to receive the vision of yes. God because of, you know, the ways obviously the mothers and fathers of our movement have, uh, you know, gone before us. They're receiving an inheritance because they've imparted the vision right. for us. Right. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just so zealous for that. I'm excited for that. And, um, yeah, I, I'm also just zealous to put my own story in a part of this. I want, uh, the Lord to get all the glory of how he moved in and through us. And I don't know. I just, I feel that this is an invitation to invite people and to write their own story or be a part, uh, or allow the Lord to move through them. So when, you know, days of old, when they're maybe mothers and fathers, they can impart the vision of God, you know, through these testimonies that yes. they hear. So Ooh. <laughs> just a little bit right there. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, oh my goodness. Caleb. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And wow. Could not agree more. And I even just to emphasize one thing you were saying, uh, our hope with this is that if you're listening to this right now, you know that you're not alone. If you're contending and believing for a move of God in and through your workplace or in whatever sphere God's put you in, you're not alone. There are actually young people all across the country Mm -hmm. that are believing for the same stuff and are seeing God do it. And I'm so excited to bring those stories to you guys. So amen. Yes. Come on, such a good word. Well, Caleb, what keeps you kind of burning for this or or what has been stirring inside of you for for this podcast? Why did you decide to say yes to this kind of crazy little adventure here yeah well I think a big part of it was when we would talk together and you would talk about these words (laughs) of a book of remembrance I thought I've got to come behind that we got to do it um so just amen so agree Mm -hmm. with that um and I think another thing that I've come back to several times over the last uh year year and a half as I've just been praying into like God what are you doing in the midst of a really chaotic challenging unique moment um particularly within our generation. Like, what, what, are, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And uh, I really feel like the Lord keeps bringing me back to two passages of Scripture. And one is in Proverbs 29, which is a passage that may be well-known to some people where it says, without vision, uh, another version says, without prophetic vision, uh, the people cast off restraint. Um, wow. And I, I remember just really feeling like the Lord was highlighting that passage. And the picture I, I've always come back to is like somebody with these these constraints on, like just throwing them off, you know? And it's like, man, if there's anything that, that to me describes some of the angst in our generation, it's like, don't tie me down. You know, don't tie me down to a place. Don't tie me down to a belief system. Don't tie me down to a stereotype, you know, like just the restraints, I, they're not going to be on me. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe in some ways there are, there are bad restraints that need to be thrown off. Uh, but at the same time, we also see there's some like real destruction that comes when godly restraints are thrown off. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I really, as I was just wrestling with that, I felt like the Lord brought me to uh, this other passage in Romans 13. And here's what it says. It says, besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believe. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. And it has this awesome phrase. It says, so let us throw off the works of darkness. And then a few passages later, it says, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ to, and make no provision for the flesh. Whoa. And I, I just love the pairing of those two scriptures, which I just feel like God's been really stirring in my heart, is without prophetic vision, the people even our generation throws off restraint, but with 
godly prophetic vision, the people of God actually put on the restraints of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because again, there are bad things we need to throw off, but there are godly restraints. Mm -hmm. There's the narrow way that leads to life that's the promise in scripture. And the reality is anybody that feels called to change the world, like we all do, (laughs) is uh, there's a cost and there is a level of intentionality and obedience and narrowness that that requires. But to stay in that, like to stay in that pressure mm-hmm. cooker, the vision has to be clear. Has to. And, uh, and I think that's what's been stirring in me. It's like, Lord, what is the vision, the prophetic vision for us individually, for us as, as a generation, for us across our movement um, that we need to grab a hold of so that we can put on the right restraints mm-hmm. uh, so that we can actually be a part of and be faithful to what that thing is that you've called us to put our hands to in this season. So for me, testimonies are such a big part of like, again, filling the vision tank that that tends to leak so quickly, you know, and my prayer is that the Lord, even through these stories would stir up a prophetic vision that causes us to throw off the works of darkness, but to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and be a part of what he's doing in this hour. Woo! I write back at you, Caleb. That will, man, mm. that will stir someone up. And and I agree that this has been a year of shaking. You know, it's been a year of, man, what have I put on and what do I need to throw off? I, and so I just think, man, this testimony of put test these testimonies of putting on hope again and putting on faith again and having a clear vision so that we won't be a people who perish and fall by the yes. wayside. And again, like I'm just so zealous to mm. give. Uh, this next generation, a vision that will not fail, you know, a vision of who God is through these testimonies, these maybe testimonies of glory and sometimes a little bit of grace in the midst of it all. And yeah, I'm just believing that this Mm. again will communicate that people aren't alone and that people are putting on the vision of God because they want to see a generation that won't fall by the wayside, but will really pass off this vision for generations to come. Amen. Amen. Well, that's as good a place to end as any. Uh, Guys, we're really excited to go on this journey together, and uh, we hope you'll hang with us as we get to hear stories of God at work, and we take notes, field notes, if you will, uh, of all that God's doing, uh, and even along the way, how can we learn and glean from people uh, that are seeing God move in really amazing and miraculous ways. So we're excited to do it together. And uh, we will see you, or I guess you will hear from us again soon. See ya.